What's up, everybody, and welcome back to a special edition of the Crimson Gaming Corner, your one-stop shop for everything gaming happening here at the University of Utah. I am your host, Jackson Day, and today we are once again joined by Ronnie. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> Sweet. So this is going to be a rather special episode for today. Um, we are both ginormous Last of Us fans, and we saw the HBO show, and we immediately text each other, and we were like, hey, we should, we need to, we need to talk, <laughs> basically. Yeah. We need to react. So that's all this is going to be, um, just our reactions of the episode. Uh, before we kind of go into that, a little bit of housekeeping for everybody. Um, usually, this is where we would chat with random guests like you to recap gaming news. Um, you can find this on all of your favorite podcasting sites. Make sure to like, share, give us a rating to know how to improve. Um, and then also make sure to follow us on our socials. We've got a lot of cool stuff coming out about the December Game Jam from GameCraft as well as that's going to be tied in with the last episode, um, which was we were joined by Grindset, and we just got to talk to them about their creative process and everything to do with game jams. Um, it was an absolute blast to record, to film, um, so please make sure you guys are checking that out. Um, and yeah, I think we'll just get into it. So like kind of overall thoughts on the episode. Overall thoughts? Yeah. Uh, I was completely blown away by how uh, accurate it was to the games while also being, you know, different enough to like surprise us. Um, multiple times in the episode, I was like, I know what's gonna happen. And I'm like, oh no, it didn't happen. But they play with your emotions to like, mm -hmm. you know, let you feel like you're still in for a, yeah. a ride. Like the the car part is what I always come back to yeah. where they're driving in the car and then the Bronco, I think it yeah. is, it all like almost rams into them. And right. I'm like, I know it's gonna, wait, that's not, that's not what happens. And then they use their HBO budget to crash a plane. And <laughs> crash a plane, yeah. It was, it's really cool to see them add so much more. And also just like, I already feel like that segment is really good about showcasing the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. And then just tuning it up to 11 because they have so much more room to add things. Yeah, uh, I was thinking the exact same thing. Uh, like uh, the whole sequence in the car, in the city, like in the game, it was intense enough. Um, and I felt like you were in that moment because you could control Sarah. But even in the show, like they just turned it up, everything up to an 11, like the extras, the multiple planes, not just one. <laughs> That's right. They had multiple HBO planes. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Even before, like just like help, like the military. I don't know. It just it was a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think it um, was pretty intense. Even even though I knew what was going to happen, I was still like nervous. I was like. This is this is nerve wracking, yeah. And I uh, I watched it with my roommate. I got her to, uh, you know, I got her into the madness and cool. You know, has she played through the Last of Us? She, okay, so she knows nothing about it. That's great. No, she knows nothing. Yeah. And I'm just I had to like keep myself quiet because I wanted to spill everything. Mm -hmm. But you know, that's my thing. I got my parents to watch it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, I've probably told my mom about the the plot or so like when I was playing through part two and I'm like, I need to talk to someone. And so I just would like talk to her about it. Um, but she probably doesn't remember any of that. And so it's really cool to see them knowing that I love this like franchise so much and then them being able to hop in and be like, Oh, okay. He, he's not wrong. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's why I like the most about it being adapted to an HBO show. I know a lot of people thought it was unnecessary and I understand that point of view coming from a gamer's perspective because everybody knows, well, I say that, but a lot of people still don't know the story of The Last of Us, mm -hmm. um, even gamers. And so, like 
having HBO put all the money into like a show that's so faithful and shows how good the game actually is, is uh, pretty impressive. Um, and then for fans coming back to the show, yeah. giving them the context, giving them Joel watching the Crimson and I think Crimson and Viper 2 movie that was mentioned. Crimson in Viper the, 2, yeah. It's just like all those little, and like talking about Riley, so like there's still enough for fans to jump in and be like, oh, I, I know what they're talking yeah. about. Or, and then my dad would be like, wait, who's Riley? Have we met her before? I'm like, oh, just wait, you'll cry again. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, they did a, they did a pretty good job with that, I I think. Even like um, the opening, I feel, was pretty strong. Uh, mm -hmm. The talk show uh, oh, thing yeah. they had going on. I felt like as a gamer, you know, well, as a person who played the game, you know how the infection works. But for everybody else, it's like you can't just have zombies showing up. So they kind of laid the groundwork for like how real this fungus is in real life and how it could jump to humans and even for me i was like invested i was like oh shit this makes yeah. it even more meaty and real like this could happen like any moment i think also having that playoff right after a global pandemic added yeah. a lot at least for me because mm -hmm. it was one of those things where it's like yeah we already lived through like a pandemic that wasn't as bad having this like realizing just how like i guess just intense this like version of what could have happened almost i don't know it yeah added a lot for me even the talk show saying like um he's not i think he was like i'm not worried about viruses i'm worried about fungus with viruses it's only like millions with fungus it could be billions and i'm like mm -hmm. this is playing really probably really well into how the the world is today even um them changing the uh timeline of the show to being like um after the 20 year jump it's 20, 2023 instead of oh, 2033 yeah. so it's like you know Every like change they've made has made it even more immediate and real and like intense. Yeah, yeah. That time jump it was hilarious because like you know my at least my mom was crying. My dad I don't think he was, but then <laughs> it says twenty years later and I they immediately jumped out of their seat and were like twenty year what and like they had to pause and we're like wait wait <laughs> it was hilarious. And, um, yeah, but yeah before that jumping just like all about yeah like. What was also cool about that is they had one of the actors, well, two of the actors I recognize, but one of them was the guy from Peacemaker who's just a creepy dude. He was the guy in the middle. Yeah. He plays the villain in there, and he's a, just a creepy-looking dude. I and recognized I him from somewhere. I was like, oh, oh yeah. that guy? Have you seen Peacemaker? Yeah, I've seen Okay, him. yeah. Just like, see, like somehow they were able to make it like a normal talk show, but like it was creepy enough, you yeah. know? And I feel like it really set the stage and the tone for the rest of it. Cause this was much more like almost scary horror than I was expecting. I mean, it's the last of us, so I shouldn't, I, I should have been expecting that, but. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. I, I warned my roommate, I was like, I know you don't like scary stuff. It's gonna be a bit scary. Um, and then we get to the first encounter with, um, well, not even then, like, you know how um, Sarah is like picking stuff off the bookshelf the in the grandma. background, the grandma, yeah. I'm like, oh shit maybe i undersold the amount of scary this would be and then we jump to like a scene the grandma and like that whole scene with like the tendrils coming out of oh. her mouth and i was like oh shit i this is even scary for me and i'm playing i played the game so yeah uh it was pretty intense it was great <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah and just like how much story they were able in background they were able to add to sarah in general because mm -hmm. you take out that like player 
I guess, playability of Sarah, right? Yep. You're not Sarah. You're not the one controlling her and opening up the birthday note and stuff. Right. So how do you kind of invest audiences into that, especially audiences that don't know that she's about to die yeah. in like a little bit? Um, and I feel like being able to like see her actually go through the motions of fixing the watch and just kind of, uh, yeah, just being able to see that was really nice. Yeah, I'm glad they expanded on her uh, her backstory of the dynamic between Joel and her, um, because if they would have just kept it the same like in the game, I feel like it wouldn't have the amount of impact they would be looking for. So just expanding on, and I, I love their relationship, Joel and then mm-hmm. Sarah. Uh, She's it was, such a great actor, too. Yes. I was amazed. She knocked it out of the park, I think. Um, I know there was like a little bit of controversy with the castings of the show, but I feel like seeing the first episode, seeing how they inhabit the characters, even if they may not look the same, I feel they brought the same energy. And like, I'm just like, that's Sarah, that's Ellie, yeah. that's Joel, that's Tess. Like, um, Yeah, everyone felt like not only were they respecting the characters from the game, but then bringing out their own side of them right. so that it didn't feel like a different character. It just felt like their version or like a more expanded version. And right. I was really impressed with how they tackled that. Yeah, same. And even with all the additions that they've made, I feel like it still fits into the game. Like, um, Tess could have been doing this at this time. Like, it, it doesn't conflict with um, what the game's trying to do. And I think that's the way to go when you're adapting something, mm-hmm. um, at least for this type of game, because yeah. I know not all games are cinematic like heavy. Right. So it's harder for... Um, that was one thing that I heard. I don't remember where I heard it from, but being able to get more background of what Joel and Tess were preparing for mm-hmm. in the actual show versus the game where like, oh, they need, like they got scammed from robber and they need guns. Yeah, One could assume that that was just a trade just for survival purposes, but mm-hmm. being able to have the context of like, oh, first of all, Joel still cares about Tommy. We get a little bit more story about Tommy instead of reintroducing him halfway through the story. I love that change. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, being able to, like, have a little bit more stakes in it was really clever. Yeah, even changing, like, the guns, what guns, like, to a battery and a car yeah. that would help Joel get to Tommy, uh, I thought was a pretty pretty good change, and it was smart. Um, and it would make sense that Joel and Tommy would be communicating. Mm-hmm. There's, like, no way they wouldn't be, right? I mean, in the game, they, like, you know, they had a falling out. True, but. True. I guess that's one thing I'd be interested to see because when they go to the dam um, in the game, Mm -hmm. right? At first, he's like, ah, crap, it's Tommy. Like, are we good? And then Tommy hugs him, you know, and like, where the hell have you been sort of stuff. Um, And so I'm interested to see if there's still going to be that kind of rivalry because Joel does say, you took away my brother. Um, Turn him against me. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be curious to see how they tackle that. Yeah, me too. I feel like it would be around the same. Um, like even in the trailers, you see like them having the same moment of mm-hmm. hugging at the dam. So uh, I feel like it's still there, but like it's his only brother, his only relative that's still alive. It would make sense that he would at least have some contact just to know he's okay. Right? Yeah. You don't have to be friends or whatever. <laughs> so yeah. Good point. I mean, uh, it, like there's some, so many changes like that throughout the show where it's like it's changed, but it, makes it more emotionally like connective if that makes sense yeah 
uh, going back to playing with expectations, uh, <laughs> with Tess being like, I want you to hurt Robert to, to Joel. It's like, oh, we're going to get that scene again. And then mm-hmm. for them to come into the firefight after, and then Robert's already dead. Yeah, it's that like, was really cool. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, which I thought was awesome. And I think it's, it's better. I feel like that scene in the game kind of slows things down. I mean, it slows things down, but also of like, they have to have a gunfight. You know, they're still yeah. teaching you how to play. They're still teaching you the stealth mechanics. Yeah. In this, they don't need to do that. So there's no point in having a useless firefight just for the sake of it, you know? Yeah. Um, especially in an episode where, I mean, it, you know, it was a longer episode, almost like a movie, and there was a lot of action. I don't feel like adding more action would have benefited in any way. Yeah, especially with the like first 30 minutes being so like action-heavy, intense stuff, uh, I feel like slowing stuff down was the right way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and like even Ellie and Joel meeting, I feel was better in yeah. a way. Just the amount of times I've seen the clip of her, like sl- or of Joel slamming Ellie <laughs> on the wall. And I'm like, that, that is perfect of like, I mean, yeah, just being able to see them together. And like, it's gonna, I am really excited to see their dynamic. Same, and like, this is where they start, Joel throwing her into a wall. <laughs> Let's see where they're gonna go. Yeah. <laughs> like. I don't know. I thought that was funny. Yeah. And um, speaking of which, just Bella Ramsey and like being able to see, well, first of all, like being able to see her chained up, right? And like being able to provide context of, not, she wasn't like chill with Marlene beforehand. Because right. like there is that little bit of, you've read the comics, right? I've well, not so read the comics. Okay. There is a little bit of like a gap between like Ellie kind of meeting with Marlene mm-hmm. uh, after the whole Riley thing and then her meeting joel right and so being able to get like that context explored and not only to be like yeah marlene wasn't exactly like i mean she had her chained up for good reason right but still i was really surprised by that um and i think it worked out really well yeah i feel like we had that sort of like inkling in the game of these two are only bonded by like one thing like um, even Ellie says, like, um, Mar- Marlene knew my mother. That's the thing that bonds them. And in the show, having them have that conversation when she's chained up, I feel like puts their relationship into perspective. And it makes more sense that um, Ellie is reluctant to, like, get away from her. Yeah. In the It does make more sense. Or to even leave. Or you can go with these random people. <laughs> and that reminds me of that one line where, you know, they're trying to convince Joel to take... Um, Ellie and he's like I, I or Marlene says I think you know you guys are gonna have to be the ones because yeah. I know what you're capable of and then Ellie's like wait what are they capable of and it's like <laughs> we as the you know we know right because we've played the game we've seen this experience yeah. um, and then being able to see it kind of at the end of the episode where he breaks which was really surprising and I mean we knew it was gonna happen because right. it's a twist on the game mm-hmm. but Oh, it was really good. Yeah, I think that's a perfect scene to to like hold as an example to um, them changing stuff around and it just being way better. Um, having that soldier have <laughs> already run into Joel and told him to stay off the street uh, was funny. Um, but then having uh, the flashback to uh, Sarah and you know that incident to you know him and Ellie at that moment is really interesting because. I didn't even think about that in the game. Yeah. It's pretty much kind of the exact same situation. And, you know, that would have an effect on Joel, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. 
something that I feel like doesn't come up in the game that they've already explored a lot in the show is despite it still being 20 years later, we see Joel like hardened and violent and, you know, just the normal Joel that we know, mm-hmm. but he's struggling with PTSD still yeah. 20 years later. Um, and I don't feel like we like we got that a little bit in the game where like you mumble in your sleep, um, which to be honest, I always just assumed that that was because of the 20 year hell that they've been living in. Yeah. I didn't tie in that it was Sarah, but being able to clearly define like, oh yeah, it's because, you know, he's still suffering from this really almost humanized Joel for me yeah. personally. I think so too. Um, even just having him be, I mean, he's still violent, but just how how people talk about Joel, how Robert was talking about Joel, like oh, I'm scared of Joel. Everybody's scared of Joel. Yeah. I feel like that us hearing about it and us not seeing that, at least at first, kind of helps us like get closer to him. And be like, okay, well maybe he is violent, but he seems nice enough. That's a good point. Cause um, I yeah, I need I should ask my parents about this because like I have all the context. I know what they're talking about when yeah. they when they say that they're scared of Joel. For new viewers, it's we don't really know, you know, and we will yeah. see that, but that that'll be interesting. I wonder, I wonder how they'll tackle that. I feel like they only have. I I wish I could like be in that position where I only have some context for the characters to be like, well, okay, where are we gonna go? But I already know where we're gonna go. Well, I already know, so they may right. they may change some stuff. Um, so we may be still in for some surprises i don't know i definitely think we are and like um you know hearing about reviews and stuff and people specifically kind of saying about how devastating episode three is and we know that we're gonna see frank and bill's backstory yeah i like just just in this first episode of like we knew how things were gonna go and then being able to see all the changes that they made Mm -hmm. i'm really excited to see just how many changes they end up making and i feel like they'll be able to handle them pretty well yeah, I feel like as the show goes along, it's going to veer off more of the path, maybe. Um, especially with Bill and Frank having a backstory. I'm so excited for that mm-hmm. episode. Uh, it's probably going to break me. Um, yeah. But I I feel like them being close to the game is good. But also, I feel that they need to go off and, you know, have some, you know, uh, mm-hmm. diversions and stuff that makes the main plot, you know, better in a way. Yeah. Um, It'll be interesting. It, it, I feel like Neil has said this a couple of times, but like this is, he's able to add in the story that he wanted to tell, right? right? Um, because he had to kind of, I think he said this, I might be paraphrasing here, but like because he kind of had to limit to a game, he didn't get the chance to provide as much context as he wanted to provide as much backstory and being able to like convert it into a TV show, yeah. uh, especially an HBO budget TV show, he's able to actually tell the story that he wants to and I'm excited to see how that works out. Yeah, especially with it being a game. Like you have to put the control in players' hands at some point. Like there has to be some gameplay. Uh with the show, you don't really have to worry about that. So you can, you know, expand on everything you want to a little a little bit deeper. At the same time with that though, this is something that I've continually had questions about beforehand and I'm still unsure about, but like mm-hmm. one of the big things that makes The Last of Us impactful is the fact that like you're kind of playing the villain the whole time, right? I mean, that's it's a morally gray world, so we can't yeah. necessarily define heroes and villains. But the ending scene 
of Joel murdering this entire hospital to get to Ellie, that's definitely not necessarily morally white, you know, behavior, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. But I'm curious if that's still going to hit just as hard when you're not the one going through the hospital trying to save Ellie. Mm -hmm. If you're watching Joel, despite having probably more context, more background of their relationship, being able to see it with two amazing actors, not saying that Troy and Ashley aren't, but yeah. um, just I'm curious. I'm really curious to see how that works out. Yeah, it's like uh, you're worried about the gameplay aspect being taken away, so the connection kind of being right. Separate the player connection. This is this is a question that I've had for a long time. Of like, well, what makes cinematic games different from because different from like TV shows and video or movies? Right. Because a lot of people will be like, Uncharted is just a movie video game, right? right? It's like right, but you feel the argument is that you feel more connected to the characters because you're playing them, yeah, right? Yeah, like you are the movie. You're the reason the movie's happening. Right. <laughs> and so I'm curious if you take that out, how does that affect viewers' perception on the story? And I'm, I don't know. It's a thing that I've been curious about for a long time. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, I've seen a bunch of takes from new fans, which uh, we could go into a little for later. Sure. But like, um, I feel like, with that like aspect of the game being taken away, it just really is going to rely on performances and writing and putting characters in situations where you care about them mm -hmm. and making them endearing. I feel like it will have the same impact if all of that is done really well, even if that's taken away. Because most of the people that are coming into this to the show, um, or a lot of them anyway, don't play games. So, right. I mean, they don't really have the experience of you know controlling characters and seeing how that can make them feel with certain things um so i don't know it's interesting yeah and this was apparently i mean i think it was revealed today that it was the second highest viewing of a show since 2010 right yeah. so i feel pretty confident we're going to get a season two There's and no that's when <laughs> right um and that's especially when i'll be curious because so much of that i mean it's already divisive enough of part two and like how that story plays out but how do you how do you like tackle the whole abby storyline when you're not playing as abby i mean i know that you're like i'm a huge abby fan whereas if i remember right you're not you're like so so right like i i i like her but i just this is a point where it's like Mm, I can't forgive you for doing that. Mm. I understand. I'm not going to hold it against you. Let's move on. Like Just like okay, Ellie. Yeah, yeah. Just like Ellie. Like, okay. Yeah. Um, but I feel like, okay, the second scene is going to be something, I feel. Especially for, I want to hear like new fans' perspective on the second season. because What I've heard, just to like kind of clarify, mm -hmm. they're going to add more context. And then season two yeah. and season three are going to cover part two. Um, just to kind of... We can keep calling it season two, but yeah, I, yeah, that yeah. is like something future that should, seasons. Yeah, uh, that is something we should keep in mind. I think future seasons will be helped by the fact that you're not playing as certain characters. Because I know a big gripe about the second game was players who want to play as Abby. They felt like playing as Abby was like some sort of betrayal or something like that. I don't know. Um, which, especially for as long as you play as her, I feel like playing and watching are different things. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you connect with things that you play. But, like, since you won't be playing as Abby, maybe that'll help, you know, alleviate, like, the sort of, like, the hatred, that, yeah. yeah, and, like, hatred that people have against her. Um, honestly, I think it'll be fine. It, yeah. It should be. <laughs> um, I guess I'm curious. At that point, like, will we get as much 
divert or divisiveness with how they tackle part two if they're able to add context and also take out the player accountability like yeah or the playability i'm interested because my you know part two is one of my favorite stories ever um and i think yeah i'm just hoping that i've already seen some fans coming around to the fact that they could change some stuff up and they'd be okay with it so (laughs) that makes me feel a little bit better especially the pacing I yeah, feel like that's the biggest thing that they can change up with this. For sure, I feel like the Last of Us fandom is, well, you know, <laughs> it's not the most civil no. place, and we've seen the worst of it, and we already know what's going to happen. The people who are like really invested, so I feel like it won't be as surprising as. Uh, Do you think we'll get those same arguments and debates? Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like it's not going to ever go away. Hmm. Um, which I think. People, a lot of people think it's like divisive means bad, but no. I feel like it speaks to like you know how like invested and in how good the story is if it's able to like you know pit fans against each other. Um, I don't know. That just means that people care. So right, exactly. They care about these characters. They care about how it works out. Yeah. Um, no matter how many times they can argue that Naughty Dog doesn't care about their characters, it's <sighs> I hate that yeah. argument. I hate that it too. Neil Druckmann doesn't care about the thing that he created. <laughs> It's like okay, sure, <laughs> interesting buddy. take. Um, speaking of which, though, this the, the thing that I keep thinking about is that we're gonna see part like Bella Ramsey take on the part the actions in part two, and that's gonna be so cool because she's already she's already killing it, and I cannot wait to see more of her. Um, I wonder how they're gonna tackle that. Yeah, and they've already said that. Did you watch the the um, the kind of extra stuff after this the episode ended? Like, yeah, I watched end? that, and then they have the podcast with Craig Mazin, yeah. Neil Druckmann, and Troy Baker. Yeah, I haven't listened to that yet, have okay. you? Yeah, it's good. Okay. Um, it goes into how one thing that I thought was really interesting about it was the fact that originally this episode was supposed to be two episodes, which definitely that. makes sense. Um, but Neil and HBO staff realized that the big selling point in the game was when Joel meets Abby. Or, sorry, wrong person. <laughs> yeah. Joel meets Ellie. Um, and they needed to include that in the first episode. Being able to see their chemistry, being able to see, like, you know, a little bit. I mean, new viewers don't know to the extent that that relationship is going to go. But just being able to see the beginning of it is what hooks players and now viewers. So they had to include that. Yeah. Um, Um, I even feel like on a more simple level of an ending of, like, in in a world where episode one ends, like, after Sarah dies, the audience is like... This shit is sad. I'm not gonna yeah. go back for this. It like, ended. <laughs> it would have ended um, the 20 years later mark when he puts the child's body in the fire. And Too you hard. are so right because <laughs> there's no way that I don't think I could get my parents to watch episode two if they're like, "Is it gonna be this depressing?" This yeah. Time? Compared to epi- like you know, in a world where episodes are combined and it ends on like a hopeful note, like, "Ooh, they're going on this adventure." Uh, hopeful and also scary because of the whole yeah. 80s music and apparently i didn't notice this but there was a clicker behind them Did yeah you? i know on the, okay. the rooftop i, didn't I did that not either, notice so. that okay i'm uh, yeah that was crazy to me uh speaking of like things i didn't notice did you notice like the whole like bread like situation that was going on like um so i've heard theories and i think it was confirmed by uh craig mason that oh the pancake yeah yes how, how like, it was spread through, through flour yeah. and throughout the whole episode people are like like trying to feed the Millers 
like flour products, like cookies. Like mm-hmm. Sarah doesn't want them because they're raisin instead of chocolate chip. Imagine if they were chocolate chips, you would have been infected. Yeah. Stuff like that. I thought that was really, really fun addition. And like going back and watching the episode, which I think I'm going to do, was going to be a bit more interesting. Even the twitching of the person's like hand in Sarah's class. Um, oh, huh. Like, yeah, I really should go back and watch it. <laughs> yeah, a ton of stuff like that was added for like fans of, like for repeat viewing that mm-hmm. I think was was really interesting. And hmm. the clicker was a nice addition. I, I didn't yeah. listen to it. I heard it, but didn't see it. One of the things that I was surprised or that I was, you know, thought was really clever was how I feel like a lot of new viewers, they're probably thinking, oh, Sarah's infected. And that's how this is going to go. Because if they've seen trailers, they know that Sarah's not going to last too long. Um, and that Ellie's eventually going to come up. Um, and at least I think that's how my parents were like, oh, she's got to be infected, right? And for that to then end on instead, it's the government, which was always a clever idea of like, it showcases that The Last of Us is not about the zombie part. It's about the humans left, you yeah. know? Um, and so being able to like almost turn that on its head for new viewers was really cool to me. Yeah, I thought that was. I think it's interesting that your parents thought that. My roommate turned to me and she was like, "She's gonna die, isn't she?" I was like, "I don't know." <laughs> and when she did die, I like looked over it and like she's fucking crying. Okay, and I'm like, I, "You did guess she was gonna die?" And she was like, "Not like that." <laughs> yeah, I was legitimately like holed up in the corner of the couch, just like I because I, I knew what was gonna happen yeah. too, and just the seeing like the comparisons between the part one version mm-hmm. and. Pedro was in his Duffy in this one. I don't know if I use that term a lot and I know no one else knows what that is, but like (laughs) he was just, he was amazing at that. And he just like put his whole acting ability into it. And I was immediately sold. Like I love Pedro Pascal uh, anyways. Yeah. Um, That was all I needed. (laughs) I think for me, when that happened was like the couch scene where Sarah and uh, Sarah gives Joel the watch. I was like, this, this is Sarah and Joel. Yeah. One thousand percent. Um, and even though it was like a bit different in performances, like I don't know, it just it's the spirit that matters, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, a thing from like uh, God of War that I think about all the time is the it's the nature of a thing that matters, not its form, which mm-hmm. I think is true for the show. In yeah. Show. Huh. That's cool. I like that idea. Yeah. <laughs> it like has the spirit of the show. May not look the same. May not have the same people, but it's still the same story that we all, you know. No, no we all love. Yeah, no one love. And I'm so excited to be able to have people who aren't necessarily able to play video games or just don't want to play the video game be able to experience the show. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, for my dad, he like tried to play through the first God of War. And back when he, I think the last video game he played was like Super Mario on the NES. So oh. being able to mess with everything just, it was really challenging for him. Um and so, I mean, we'll, I guess we'll see this too with like the God of War TV show as well that's coming out. I'm so pumped for that. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that they do Christopher Judge for that one too, though. Like, well, yeah. I guess we'll see. We'll see. What did you think about the tendrils? Like the little bits of hair? Or like, what do you mean? Um, so in the show, they got rid of spores. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So they're going to have tendrils. And we kind of seen, saw like um, the beginning of it, what a tendril looked like from the lady's mouth and even from the guy oh. chasing them in the diner, those little like mushroom things that are coming out or the tendrils. I thought that was hair from, <laughs> that's what I was really, huh, okay. Both are equally as disgusting. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think that that's going to be a, a cool addition. 
especially to fans who know all the infected types to have this new infected type. Mm-hmm. Um, even have you seen like the concept art for the the tendrils? Yeah, I have. It's seeing that <laughs> that's gonna be something. Yeah, and I huh. heard that we might see them in episode two. So okay, good. Yeah, I mean we'll we'll see a lot more infected. We'll see like the whole museum part. Yeah. Um, the sewers part, I think, is like yeah, it'll be. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm. I think I'm remembering this right. I need to go back and play part one right now. I'm playing through it right now. <laughs> you are. <laughs> yeah, I, started... I saw you on it actually. I was like, I should be doing that too. <laughs> yeah, I made sure I finished the intro and stuff I knew was going to be in the first episode, and so I'm just going to try to keep it c- concurrency with yeah. the show. Cool. I mean, that makes sense, you know. Of like, it doesn't make much sense for a TV show to have on the gas mask. You know, you got you, you're paying millions of dollars for, for Pedro, Pedro Pascal. And, yeah, like it makes sense. Um, I'm curious to see if the tendrils, like, if that changes anything, like, because you know, this whole thing with the spores is like it adds into that thing of like people know that Ellie is immune. Like the whole interaction with like Dina, for example, in part yeah. two, the whole reason that Dina figures it out is because the gas mask breaks. Mm-hmm. So how like does the tendrils have an effect like that how does that like factor into ellie being immune or yeah i think that'll be interesting i'm not sure honestly it will be interesting like it could be something as simple as like they need to wear gloves whenever they're going to an infected place because if they touch it it could spread or something i don't know yeah i guess we'll see even tendrils not going after ellie because she's already infected so they don't feel like they need to spread the virus anymore oh okay maybe i i mean i will see in episode two but like do you know how the tendrils kind of operate besides just being on infected and being on infected places? So what it does is when an infected goes into the wall, um, tendrils will come out and drag the infected body along behind it. So the spine oh, okay. will be connected and the head will be dragged along on the floor. This was what I saw in the concept art. I don't know if they're going to change it, but that would be really freaky. So it's basically yeah. a a dead body being dragged by the cordyceps to, you know, lash onto someone and get them infected. Oh, that's that's gonna be interesting, shit. and that's gonna yeah, that's gonna add into like the whole horror, just yeah, freaky shit that this <laughs> show is already doing really well. Um, I heard someone uh, talked about it in class today that that they uh, didn't watch the show because it was too scary. Um, but they played the game. No, they haven't oh, played okay. the game. They gotcha. watched the game. Yeah, but I had a friend who was watching me play part two and he doesn't handle horror stuff and he had to leave eventually. Yeah, so I'm wondering how many people the show will tag along with it and keep going with the show since it's so... I was having a conversation with my roommate about this. I was like, it gets darker from here. It's not going to get any lighter. It's so sad. It's so like depressing. And now it's going to be more scary. Um, You know, I, like, I know people like horror, but I wonder how that's going to translate yeah. to Sunday night viewing for HBO. That'll be interesting because I remember uh, with all these numbers coming out, um, The Last of Us, I think, had 4.17 million. Mm -hmm. Um, A similar show like that was Euphoria, which I believe opened up with like 2 million and then had 14 million concurrent after. By the end of it. Yeah, by the end of it because word got out. I'm curious if you take this horror. I mean, there's a lot of dark stuff that happens in Euphoria from like the two episodes that I saw before I eventually was like, I'm good with this. Um, (laughs) with a more horror aspect also keeping in with i mean it's pretty dark still and depressing mm-hmm. i'm curious to see if that viewership goes up as well as dramatically i guess i think what's key is word of mouth and sunday night twitter 
I don't know if you're on Twitter yes. Sunday night, but for Euphoria, that was the thing that got a lot of people invested. And I watched the show throughout. And every episode, people would be talking about what this happened, what this means in the drama. Mm-hmm. And so I think Last of Us has that drama. I don't know if it'll be too much for people. If, yeah. Especially with, I heard Bill and Frank's episode is like one of the saddest episodes. I'm so I'm like <laughs> so excited to just get destroyed. Yeah. I like, I definitely saw that with, um it was House of the Dragon where I uh, like, I personally was affected by that because I'd hop on Twitter and be like, everyone's talking about House of the Dragon. Yeah. Maybe I should give it a watch finally. And then I did, and I totally got sucked into that as well. Yeah. Um, so that's a good point. And I think Last of Us was trending more than like NFL and usual sports stuff, which is <laughs> impressive because I feel like no matter what happens gaming-wise, it never goes like, you know, gets above sports stuff. Yeah. Usually. I don't know, maybe... I think it's helped by HBO being like Sunday night. Like this is what you're going to watch for the next few Sunday nights. And the fact that there are ads everywhere. Maybe it's just my cookies as well. But no, like, no. I saw an ad on the airplane coming back from Texas. Like wow. <laughs> on like the the screens on the TVs. It was mm-hmm. like a Last of Us. Oh, wow. I was like. That's awesome to see too. Yeah, they're going hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Not just for my cookies. Although it is everywhere <laughs> for me. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see for the next few episodes. Yeah. Um. Especially after episode three, but I hope that we grow, uh, and it grows. It in. grows, in, yeah. Um, I mean, like we said, we're probably gonna get an adaptation of part two, but just being able to have that viewership, but also just elevate yeah. this story that we already know and just be like, oh yeah, you know, The Last of Us. It, like, get to the point where it is that Game of Thrones of like, mm-hmm. oh, you've seen Game of Thrones, oh yeah, of course, or whatever. Yeah, I feel like once we get to uh, the the story that they want to tell in part two, um, if we have like a growing viewership, it's going to be locked in from then on because people yeah. are going to be talking about it every single Sunday, especially when, you know, the when, thing happens. Yeah, when the thing happens because there's no way uh, that the show is going to die off. Yeah. <laughs> Even if people hate watch, which happened for Velma. I don't know if you know about that. But. Yeah, I know about <laughs> that. We were having a whole discussion about it yesterday because one of my friends didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's embarrassing. <laughs> I could go on a whole thing about Velma right now, especially when it comes to animation. But... Last of Us wise, yeah, um, it'll be locked in from then. Yeah, I'm curious. There one of a couple other questions that I had about like the future, um, going into like honestly, what I was kind of expecting. Um, I don't know why I was expecting this because the beginning of Last of Us is so ingrained and like mm-hmm. you know you have to have Sarah die, you have to have them meet Ellie or Joel meet Ellie. Um, when do you think we will tackle the Left Behind storyline? Do you think that's going to happen the same way of like Joel's about to die in the winter and then we get it? I don't know. I, th- I heard it's like around episode four or five. Okay. So that's like that the middle up. of the season. So, but I don't know how much story they have to tell after winter. So that's also interesting. I'm trying to remember because we've got, so you've got them meeting and then the capital and then. They go to um, Bill and Frank's. Bill and Frank's. I heard a theory that Bill and Frank might already just be dead, and they'll. Just well, Bill can't back. be dead. It's, it's Ron Swanson. <laughs> um, Crap. Then, yeah, huh. that'll I, be interesting. Yeah, I, I I have a feeling Frank will. I mean, that, I mean, if they want to line it up with the game, Frank will be dead. Yeah, but I heard he's going to be divisive. So huh. hearing that and divisive. That's a good point. I did hear who who uh, Lucy James maybe was where I heard that. Uh-huh. Episode three has uh, like is the most divisive. Yeah, even huh. uh, I, I watched uh, Grace Randolph. Um, she was like, "That's the episode that's gonna like you know, 
<laughs> so I'm like, there's going to be some changes there. That would be there. interesting, huh? Because you have built, I, I'm thinking, another thing about it, it's just going to be so much more depressing if that does happen because you have Bill and Frank's story. You see how, you know, Bill and Frank start to tear apart and then, you know, I don't know what happens there. I know it's expanded on. And then, uh-huh. you know, they go past Bill's town and Bill's like dead. I don't know. One thing that I would, that I don't think why that should happen. Mm-hmm. And I guess we'll see if, you know, yeah, they yeah, said yeah. that it's divisive. Seeing Ellie interact with Bill is one of my favorite moments. And her, like, <laughs> taking all of his shit and then, like, the gay porno magazine. Yeah. It's really interesting. And also, like, the fact, which it's so funny that people still get hung up about this, the fact that they introduced LGBTQ wokeness in part two when you guys <sighs> weren't even paying attention. So I one thing that I could see is that Bill does die, mm-hmm. like, while Joel and Ellie are there. That way we still get the interactions, but we still get, I mean, the divisiveness and the yeah. heartbreak that is that world. I but do I, we'll see. I do want to see Ellie and Bill interact. That's like, Bill's Town is my favorite section of the first game. Um, that whole, you know, it's still Joel and Ellie getting to know each other, and Ellie lining up Joel a little bit, and then Bill and Ellie interacting and the whole um, school thing with the first boulder coming out, like that, mm-hmm. that part of the um, story is like the best part for me. Um, so I do want to see that. I don't want Bill to die. But if it ends up being better than what I think it should be, I'm not going to be. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would trust Neil Druckmann with my life at this point. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Like I have a feeling if that's what he wants to do, he'll make it work. Yeah. So so we have then Billstown, then Henry and Sam in Pittsburgh after they get <sighs> ambushed. And then um, I can't wait for my parents to see that because that I probably well I don't remember when I played The Last of Us, but that scene specifically I remember going to bed that night, school in the morning, and I could not fall asleep because I'm just like, wow, <laughs> that was so intense. Too young to be playing that game, probably. <laughs> huh? You were probably younger than me, but possibly, yeah. I was, yeah, no. Huh? Yeah, I'll be curious to see how that works out. Same. And now that they've, uh, that, um, you know, Sam is deaf now in the show. I wonder how that'll play into. Did not know that. that? No. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Where are you getting this information? You get some inside leaks. I am all in, bro. Twitter? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've been the opposite where it's like, I know what, I know that I'm going to like it probably, which my friend was like picking my brain about it the other day where he was like, okay, the show hasn't even come out yet and you're already treating it like it's going to be a masterpiece. Why is that? I'm like, well, first of all, Craig Mazin's amazing. Mm -hmm. Man appeared in Mythic Quest, which is like a game development sitcom, like The Office. Um, Blew my brain. (laughs) Because he's like this jerk, um, Q&A, sexist, misogynistic, almost racist Mm kind of guy. And then seeing him in interviews of The Last of Us, I'm like, what? This is not what I wow. Um, I did not know that. That's, yeah, that's it's funny. a good show. I recommend it. What's Chernobyl? Uh, I watched part of it. I watched like half of it, and then we fell off because um, I watched that also with my parents. Um, but I've watched countless video essays about it and the ways that Craig Mazin is able to film it and perspective and just the storyline about it. Um, I didn't have as much faith of him going into The Last of Us because I didn't finish Chernobyl. But Neil Druckmann, Pedro Pascal, Bella Ramsey, I yeah. There's I I I don't know. Maybe I am too deep. I saw like the show being made, like the behind the scenes footage of. 
I um, did see that. Okay, yes. okay. Let's that say. was what sold me on Pedro and Bella. Mm-hmm. Was like seeing behind the scenes of like Bella resting her shoulder on Pedro. But from then, I was like, yeah, this is gonna be a hit. And I was telling my friends like, this shit's gonna be, this is gonna be good. And I know yeah. they're annoyed by now, but now they've seen him like. My my friends still haven't seen it, but they refer to it whenever I bring it up because I bring <laughs> it up probably once a week. Um, they're just constantly like the mid of us. Yeah, and I'm like <laughs> I deserve that, but also you Damn. should watch the mid of it, <laughs> which is funny because now my friend owns a PS5, and every day I'm just like I can hit that gift button, seventy bucks, no problem. And then he'll feel obligated to play it. <laughs> That's a lot. Um, I know they have a free child going on right now. They do. Yeah, I forgot about that. So, Which, that's one thing that I'm curious about is with The Witcher, we saw a huge sales bump. With Cyberpunk, we saw a huge sale bump. Obviously, that's kind of the whole point of these adaptations mm-hmm. outside of just creating great you know, pieces of media and art. Um, I'm really curious to see if I, I probably will you know, increase sales and huge oh, sales. 100%. Yeah. That's why I think part of like the reason Last of Us Part 1 was even made. It's oh, like it's the only reason. They yeah, didn't need to like, remaster no yeah, remake it, yeah. So like now that people are seeing this they're like, "Oh, I have a PS5." Well, now they're on the shelves now. You can get a PS5 now. I swear to god, you can. Yes. So now I have a PS5. This game's here and I watch the show, it's good. Maybe I can play this. That's like mm. the only reason it would make. The one thing I was curious about and I don't think this will happen. I think that they'll keep these separate. But when the remake was announced and we knew that we were getting extra context in the show, I was like, I wonder if that's going to overlap and that he's going to use the PS5 hardware um, and just, you know, the advancements of technology since he made the original to add the context. Um, and I'm a little sad that they didn't, but at the same time, it's like I said, I think that they should stay separate. Um, yeah, because they, they do line up, but at the end of the day, there is stuff that does conflicts with stuff, so there are in their own separate like timelines, so I think right. it's separate. It's an adaptation. It's not a direct yeah, retelling, yeah, yeah. so. I think it's good that they're separate, mm. for sure. Cool. Any uh, anything else? Yeah, the, I guess we'll... the set design. Oh my, oh my gosh, they're like really using HBO. I, I'm excited to see that when we get into the infected places, especially. Same. The stupid helmets that the guards wear. I was like, that's straight up. Like, that looks so stupid, but I love that shit. Well, I can't even headshot these guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also did appreciate the fact that. Pedro Pascal, I mean Joel, picked up the machine gun that is laying on the ground. Oh yes, like that was the first thing I thought of. Like you know, in a game, that's like the last thing that you get, you know, because yeah, it's yeah. game. And I'm like, oh, the violent, like that sort of action is going to be toned up a lot because you don't need to worry about the gameplay rules anymore. Yeah, like you that's can't pick cool. up this guy's gun that's laying on the floor. It's fully functional. <laughs> um, I saw somebody get annoyed by that. They're like, really? Joel should have only the pistol and his revolver once he gets to the, you know, I'm like. And then they probably want a whole five minute scene of him working at a workbench to upgrade his pistol with the yeah. tiny little oil thing that he has <laughs> so that he can shoot another. Strangling yeah. random people like for 15 minutes, you know. I am curious to see how they handle the action because there was a short film that came out years ago um, of Uncharted um, oh, with Nathan, Nathan Fillion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And how they handled the action scenes of like, there were moments where it felt like it was in the game of behind the shoulder action. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that worked out. I'm curious if we see anything like that or if they, I mean, obviously not every action scene, you yeah, know, yeah. but I'm curious if we see anything like that or something to pay 
homage. Yeah, I'm excited for that. They already kind of did that with the, the car scene. The that was, being in there. That was clever. And yeah. going around like you are in the game. So I think there's a lot of stuff they can do with uh, like paying homage to how games work mm-hmm. with the action and stuff. So Cool. Yeah. Speaking of Uncharted, one of the things that I noticed, um, one of the first bodies that Joel throws in the fire is basically Nathan Drake because he's got the he's got the shoulder. I don't think anyone else has noticed what? this. Um, I need to write that down. Someone's so got to be. Uh, it's you know the jeans, the white shirt, and the same gun holster of like below the armpit. And I saw that and I was like, that, that's Nathan Drake. And I'm like, I immediately looked it up. I'm like, no one else is. Say anything. You, but you, you did something right here. You I might be the first. Maybe the first. <laughs> but that well, hopefully I'm not just imagining it. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. I'm just so excited for this this season. I wish it if it dropped all at once, I'd be done. Like right now. I wouldn't have gone to class. No. No, I would have been yeah. Uh I'm very ex- I'm happy that they are doing this once a week. Like initially, you know, finishing it up, I'm like, dude, I have to wait a ho- no a whole another week. Um, it's gonna keep me going, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Chainsaw Man just ended, and now I've got Lost Was, which I've kind of turned around on that. Especially my friends got me a lot more into seasonal anime lately. Being able to watch that like once a week has gotten me more invested in the shows. Yeah. Versus binge watching them all at once. I like Cyberpunk, for example. Yeah. Was a big thing for me. <laughs> I, th- I I used to hate weekly shows would be like why am i gonna wait for this and now i'm just like some shows need it and some shows benefit from it like you for it like the last of us like game of thrones house of dragon so yeah i mean it being is able it is. to i mean do exactly what we're doing react to it being mm-hmm. able to predict what's gonna happen and how the events are gonna yeah shake out yeah and so you get more people instead of the whole binge thing where people are like this is good i'm like okay and then people go to it like, like three years later or something like mm-hmm. that i don't know yeah, exactly. So it'll be cool. And yeah, I will keep doing these every week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, once again, this is kind of a more special thing. We just wanted to get a chance to talk about The Last of Us, one of our favorite properties of all time. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening all the way through. Uh, we will be doing these once a week. So make sure to keep tuning in, especially if you just want a couple fan game people <laughs> Uh, their opinions on Last of Us. And hey, if any of you guys are also watching The Last of Us and want to come on and tell us some of your personal reactions, um, predictions for the rest of the series, for the rest of ev- you know everything Last of Us, uh, make sure to email me at j.day.youstudentmedia.com. We've also got our Discord site, which the link will be in the description. Um, so yeah, thank you so much, you guys, and we will see you next time. Bye.